Area 10 Faith Community meets in the historic Bird Theater in Carytown in Richmond, Virginia. We worship together at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, both in person and online at youtube.com slash area10church. Kid-friendly programming is also available at the same time just down the street at 2810 at Community Gathering Place. We hope to see you at the Bird Theater soon. Now, on to this week's message. We live in a day and age where there's a lot of life hacks and ways to cut corners, right? There are all these things that we can do to make things simpler, make things just work better. You know, really, really, uh, all, the, all the stuff of human history of like, you got to really work hard to get there. We're like, no, we got, there's an app for it now. You don't actually have to do the hard work. Like, we can cut corners. But for all the life hacks that there are and all the apps that we have to make things smoother, there are still some truisms of life. There are still like immutable laws of the way the world operates that we just have to acknowledge as real and we have to live according to them. So, so for example, um, finances. There's, there's really not a shortcut to making, making money. To, to build wealth, you, you accumulate it over time and you let compound interest do its thing. And you have the discipline to do that over time. You keep adding to it and over time it becomes you know, wealth and you, 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 you accumulate money. I would like it to be that you can just hit the Powerball and then you're done and that's the way you get wealth. Uh, that just doesn't work for almost everybody. So uh, as, as good as it would be to have that shortcut, it's not, it's not really the way it works. The way it works is you accumulate wealth slowly. Uh, the, the, the way you lose weight is through, this is going to shock exactly no one, diet and exercise. Have you heard that before? Yeah. I wish that wasn't the case. I wish there was surgery that would do it, but there is, but it's complicated. There's complications that. I wish there was just a pill you could take, but that doesn't really work either. Uh, the, 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 the truth is diet and exercise is the thing if you want to lose weight. Um, unfortunately, they haven't made an app that just makes you lose weight. Uh, apparently, the shake weight didn't do the job it was supposed to do. Like, there, it's just a truism of life. This is the way the body works. What you eat changes your shape, and so how you... How you uh, exercise and what you eat, that, that is the way forward. This is the way to do it. It's a truism of life. There are other ones, um, immutable laws of the universe. For example, the Washington commanders are never going to win anything with Daniel Snyder as the owner. This is, it's a law of the universe. You can, you can fight it, you can be upset about it, but you need to look that truth in the eye and understand that this is the way the universe has been structured. That's just it. You just have to understand it. Jesus was not above giving those kind of laws that are like, well, duh, like that's so obvious. Jesus would give those as well, except he would take them in a different direction. Now, and I want to point you to one that he famously said, uh, Luke chapter 6, we've been studying through basically Jesus walking around the Sea of Galilee and the things he would say and what he taught and what he did. And we're looking at all his encounters and we're saying, okay, what, it, what can we learn from him? How can we step in, in his footsteps when he says this is the way? What, how do we follow that? And so I want, I want us to look at, and this thing he's going to say is one of those like so obvious laws of the universe things, but I think there's a, a lot of truth in here, and he takes it to a different place. Listen to what he says, Luke chapter 6, we will pick it up in verse 43. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit, for figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. Well, duh. This is super obvious, right? He's giving us just the law of the universe. Here's the deal. And he's talking about trees. Here's the deal. Trees make a certain kind of fruit. 
And a good tree is going to make good fruit, and a bad tree will make bad fruit. So if your tree is good, it has the soil, it has the sunshine, it has all that it needs, it's going to grow healthy, and it's going to be, you know, you've pruned it and all that, and it is going to be where it needs to be, and it's going to produce big, beautiful fruit from that tree. If the tree is lacking access to water, if it doesn't get the sunshine it needs, or if there's something bad in the soil, it is a bad tree, and it is going, not going to produce the big, beautiful fruit that you want. It produces bad fruit. We don't even have an agricultural society in, 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 in our world right now where we live, and even we know that's true, right? Like, that's pretty obvious. Okay, and they're agrarian. They're going to definitely get that. And he also says this other, like, duh, obvious thing. He says, basically, like, you're not going to pick apples from a pear tree. Like, you wouldn't do that. You're not going to get figs from a bramble bush. You're not going to get grapes from this other kind of bush. Like, everybody knows that... Uh, pear trees produce pears, and apple trees produce apples. This is grapevines produce grapes. Like, this is, this is how it works. We know this. So there's good and bad, and then there's these things produce according to the kind that they are. These are, this is a, a truism of life, right? But it's not that he said that. That's not the like, wow, what a great teaching. That's, that's the obvious part. It's where he takes it. Look at verse 45. He then says this. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So he says, okay, like the tree then, he takes it right off of this tree idea, um, there's good people, and here's what they're going to produce. They're going to produce good things out of their heart. From the core of them is good, and out of them will flow kindness and, and good words, and they will be helpful, and they will look to do good things, and they will pursue the right things. They will go after the good stuff, and they will, they will produce that and, and make that happen. That's what good people will do. And then he says there are also evil people, not just because they're doing bad things on the outside, but because in their heart they are evil, and they are going to produce some very bad things. They will steal and kill and destroy and and lie and and all of these things. Um, And so he says there's this alignment that out of good people, good things, uh, out of good people in their core, good things come out, and out of people who are evil in their core, evil things will come out. Um, So we need to think about that, because who we are in our core eventually comes out of us. He says this, right? Who, who you are at your deepest level, this is, this is going to come out at some point. Um, you can hide it for a while, but eventually it comes out. The, the crude joke that you told, that wasn't a one-off thing. Maybe you don't tell them very often, but it, it, you told it because it's in there and it comes out. When you gossiped and you're like, oh, that, you know, I shouldn't have said that. That's so out of character for me, is what we would say. It's not out of character. It's out of your filter, maybe, but it's actually in there, is what Jesus is saying. It's not out of character. It is still part of your character. There's this thing inside you. Because the mouth isn't just doing its own thing independent of who you are. Out of the overflow of your heart or out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking. So those things, even the things that we go, oh, that's a little out of character for me. No, it isn't. Those things are out of your filter, but they are in character for you. That, that, that stuff is actually there on the inside as well. So on the one hand, what we want to say is, I should be more careful in what I say. And there are scriptures for that. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, Ephesians 4. There's scripture for that. But it's not just about don't say bad things. If, if that's all we get, we're missing his point. His point is the things we say are, have a necessary connection to who we are. And if we are going to change, we have to look at the, not just the fruit of our lives, we have to look at the root 
Who are we on the inside? Now, it's easy to take what he says and, and kind of look at it um, in a very sort of like, I don't know, grading on the curve sort of way that we're used to from school. Like he says, there's good people that do these good things and evil people that do evil things. And, and basically all of us in this room and almost everyone who would hear his voice would go, oh yeah, there are good people and evil people. Guess which one I am? I'm one of the good ones, right? We, we all in, sort of instinctively think that. Even terrible people think they're great. Like, no one's out there thinking, like, I'm the evil person. I don't know, maybe, like, the Joker or something like that in one of these, like, sociopath things. But, like, generally, people are like, no, I'm one of the good people. And we, and we have data points to prove it. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a good, I'm good at work. I'm a good employee. Not like, not like that guy, because he doesn't show up on time, and he's always doing, you know, he's always, like, doesn't do work very hard. I'm one of the ones that are good, you know? Um, uh, you know, I'm a, good, I'm a good husband or wife. Not like this other person that I heard has been really terrible to their spouse. They're awful. I'm one of the good ones. And we sort of go to this space of like, oh, wait, he talked about good and evil people. Am I one of the good ones or am I one of the evil ones? And again, we're missing the point. The point is there's this massive connection between how you act, the fruit that is produced in your life, and who you are at your core or your root. And you would think that's obvious. It's obvious with trees, right? But it's amazing how often we ignore it. I'm not saying you walk up to a tree and you go, I hope this apple tree has bananas. You don't do that. But you still ignore this principle in other ways. You, you, you still look at something and, and do something and hope it will produce fruit that it's just not going to produce because it's not that kind of thing. Like, for example, you work out three times a week and then eat like crap seven days a week and expect good health to result. That's weird. Why would you expect that to come from that tree? That's not what you're doing. You date jerks and expect to have a great relationship. Why would you do that? Have you noticed that that's not where they're grown? They're not, you know, they're, if they're growing on the jerk tree, this is what you're going to get. You know, you can't be like, oh, but maybe this time. No, that's, that's not how it, how it works, right? Um, you can't give 50% effort in your job and expect 100% payment and advancement in the company, it's not the way it works. You, th- there's going to be a connection between the root and, and the fruit of the thing, right? You can't spend zero energy in your life on developing a rich interior world where you, you, can't, you can't spend no energy praying and meditating and thinking the good things and reading things and getting your heart and mind right. You can't spend zero energy on that stuff and then expect to be calm and collected when the world goes to hell around you. Like, it's not going to happen. It's going to get crazy out there, and you've done none of the work to, to, to be strong in the midst of all that. This is not uh, the, the way it works. In the same way you can't duct tape an apple to a tree and call it an apple tree, God designed us in the same way. There's a connection between the interior and the, and the exterior. What you want and the way you are designed, the growth, the health, the maturity that you want, this is going to come from the inside out, where you go to work on these things and God's Holy Spirit lives in you and works on you and matures you. So let me give you a concept. I learned this in 2015, and uh, I don't know that I've talked about it up here before. It's something I've kind of played around with and thought about over the years and tried to get, get my head around. Um, 
And you've heard it. If you Google this, you'll see other people talking about it in all sorts of contexts. But it's the idea of, uh, we'll say, be, do, have. Because I actually think Jesus doesn't use these words, but this is roughly what he's getting at. Be, do, have. And so these three uh, ways of, of, of being in the world, approaching life, uh, it, to, to talk about it in, in this progression, be, do, have. So be is identity. It is who you are at your core. Um, and and we're, we're familiar with identity language. You've, we probably use it almost too much now. But we, we, who are you? Being. And then do, because you are that thing, because you are that person, what do you do? What do you go out and do um, that flows out of who you are? And then, at the end of that, have. You will have something because you've done something. Uh, this is kind of the, the, the progression. I am this, I go do these things, and I get these results. I be, do, have. That's actually what Jesus is advocating for, that, that what we do flows out of who we are, and then the results come at the end of that. That sounds right to us, but actually, as a culture, we function much more often in do, have, be. And it looks a little more like this. I'm going to go, hmm, I want to be uh, successful so, uh, and wealthy, so I'm going to go do, I'm going to go work hard, and if I work really hard, then I'm going to get stuff. I'm going to get money and trinkets and vacations and all the things, and once I have those things, then I will be happy and successful. So we actually take the order and make it all backwards. And, and even as I say that to you, it sounds kind of right, doesn't it? It sounds like if you work hard... And, and really put in the time and effort, you're going to get the stuff, and then you're going to be very happy. It sounds like, kind of like the way we pitch life to people. Like, go work hard, and then you'll get stuff, and then you'll, you know you're going to be very happy at the end of that. We, we tell people that life basically is, do, have, be. Um, success is just the byproduct of working hard. But on some level, it's backwards. Uh, here's an example. If I Let's talk about marriage. If I wanted to be a good husband, one thing, one way to approach it, a do-have-be approach would be, I'm going to like do the things my wife likes. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to make sure the house is clean and, and make sure it's a good environment for her and, and, and write little love notes to her. And I'm going to do these things. And if I do that, she will be happy. So I will have a happy wife and, and, and she will be very pleased with me. And then I will be a good husband. I've arrived. Do-have-be. That is the approach. What if... I change that to starting being, I am a good husband. Start there, I am. Now, what, would I, what should I do then? What, what flows out of that? I'm a good husband, what would I do? Well, I guess I would do these things to help her and like that. And then at the end of that, what I will have is a, a good marriage and, I, and, and it'll, it'll work. Like we'll have some good results because I started from a place of this is who I am and now I'm just going to go flow and function out of, out of who I am, um, that that that's that's a different a different approach. Um, I'm not doing to be something. I already am something. I'm doing because that's who I am. You see this? Let me let me give you a religious example of this. A lot of religious systems are built around do have be. So it's like I want I want to please God. Therefore, I will do these things, and if I do these things, I will have God's favor, and I will be righteous. So you can put this in all sorts of religions. In ancient Judaism, I will do these rules, I will follow these rules, these laws that are in the scriptures. I will follow them closely, and if I do that, I will have God's favor. He will look upon me, he will bless me, and, and then um, I, I, I get to be 
uh, somebody for God. I get to be a righteous person because I did all the things. God's pleased with me. Now I'm righteous. Do have be. You can put this in other religions, in Islam. If I do these practices, if I follow these pillars, if I, if I make a pilgrimage to Mecca and I, and I give to the poor and I do these things, then Allah will be pleased with me and I will have his blessing and then I will be a good Muslim. Like you, you have this in all sorts of religions of the world. And Christianity and Jesus' teaching here comes along and, and takes it from a different approach. It is be, have, do. Or, I'm sorry, it is, it is, uh, it is be, do, have. In, in Christianity, the idea is you are loved by God. God has moved towards you. You are accepted by him. You are adopted into his family. That's who you are. That's an identity piece. Start there. This is who, who you are. Now, I'm God's child. What should I do? Well, I, I'm going I'm to pray. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to try to serve my neighbor. I'm going to love. I'm going to do all of these things not to earn a position with God. I already have that. That's who I am. It's my identity. I start there, then I'm going to do these things, um, and then I will have, at the end of that, uh, blessing from God, e- eternal life, th- those sorts of things, um, a depth and maturity that I will get as, as, I, as I do with that flows out of my being. So it's who you are, then what you do, and then what you get at, at the end of that. And Jesus challenges us in this, to to, to that our character is formed this way. We, he challenges us to not duct tape an apple to a tree and expect that that's going to be an apple tree. We need to start with our relationship and our identity in Christ and then let the fl- fruit flow from that. Okay, let's look at where he goes next. Verse 46, he takes it into our relationship with God. He says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. He asks a good question. He's like, why do you come to me and say, Lord, Lord? And you're like, oh, you're the best Jesus, and I follow you, and you're great, and I'm going to sing songs to you, and I'm going to pray to you, and I'm going to be about you, and I'm going to tell other people about you. Why do you come to me like that? And then you actually don't do what I say. Like, is it just, is it just lift service? Jesus says the person who um, is wise is the person who hears his words and does them. Not hearing alone, not just knowing what Jesus said, but you know it and you actually take action. If you don't just hear his words, but if you hear his words and you take action, he says you are like someone who builds a house on the rock. And the storms come and the, and the rains and everything and the flood comes and you're strong and you survive. I think the word we would use here is resilient, right? You're able to withstand the stuff. If the world is going crazy around you, at work, at home, in social media, in our culture, in the election, in the summer, in the city, in the, if, 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 the world, if the world is going crazy, how do you keep your head on straight? You do this not by knowing what Jesus teaches you, but by actually living it out. To know what Jesus teaches and not live it 
is called hypocrisy. We talked about that. Jesus talks about that in the last section we looked at last week. So it's important. This is important for us to wrestle with, that, that the fruit of our lives has to come out of knowing and being obedient. Now, when you say fruit in a, a Christian perspective, there's, a, there's kind of a famous verse that goes with this. Um, the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church in Galatia, in, in Galatians 5, um, he, he talks about what the Spirit who's inside us, what he is producing in us. Uh, Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the end game. This is what God's Spirit in us is trying to make. He's trying to produce in us people who are more joyful and patient and loving and gentle and self-controlled. And we have to look at that list and go, and, and you don't need to do this for your neighbor or the person sitting next to you, just do this for you. Look at that list and go, am I that? Would anyone describe me as gentle? How's my self-control going? Am I joyful? Man, cynicism runs rampant. And I'm seeing people who, um, who, who are so profoundly unhappy and so profoundly joyless with all the decisions that they're making and, and who are clearly in pain. And I, and I just want to say, like, is this working for you? Because the Scripture it says that followers of Christ, this is where we're going. Which means if you've been a follower of Jesus for a year, here's my question. Are you more joyful than you were a year ago? Are you more patient? If you've been following Jesus for 20 years, are you kinder? Are you more gentle? Would anyone describe you that way? And the truth is, if you're following him and you're not growing in those areas, there's a good chance that you're just hearing what he says and you're not actually doing it. You're just hearers of the word and not doers. So we need to, we need to wrestle with that. Am I just hearing Jesus or am I actually doing what he says? If you aren't doing what he says, you're like a house with no foundation. You're like someone who's trying to duct tape the fruit to the tree. So how do we live this out? Three ideas and then we're done. Number one, pursue knowledge. Pursue knowledge. You do need to know something here, right? It's not just doing. There's, 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 you have to have an understanding first. Um, the, uh, I, I thought about the scripture. One of Jesus' closest followers is Peter, and Peter writes um, about, about who we are. He writes about our identity, and then he talks about what we do. So it's this be, do progression that you see in 2 Peter chapter 1. Listen, let me just read you a couple of verses. It says this. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. All this stuff he's saying, this is who you are. All that is being sort of language. This is what God has done for you. 
And then he says this, for this very reason, because that's who you are, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge. And then he goes on and adds, adds a few more things. This is who you are, the being. Now here's what you do. You pursue things like virtue and knowledge. It's this progression. You flow from who you are into what you do. You add virtue and knowledge. So what does it look like to add knowledge? Um, this, is, this is actually why we give you a lot of opportunities in the church. We have small groups. We have classes. We have spiritual formation groups that meet each week. We have uh, different sort of training seminars. In the past couple months, we've done a seminar on marriage. We've done a seminar on anxiety and depression because we're trying to add to knowledge because they think it's valuable. I... Uh, I walked into 2810 the other night because I had left something in the kitchen. I walked in there about 7 o'clock at night, like on a Tuesday. And I walked back in there into the back room, and there's a whole group of people from the church all sitting around studying Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount. Now, all of those people could do something else with their Tuesday night than give up 8 or 10 weeks to do that. But for whatever reason, they felt like it was valuable to get in there and dig into this stuff. Because they're pursuing knowledge and trying to grow and trying to, trying to learn from Jesus and asking each other questions. Hey, how do you live this out today? And how, how is this working for you? And, and how are we doing with this? Like, that's valuable. They're pursuing knowledge. And that's a, that's a, um, that's a powerful thing. Study the scripture with friends. Um, because honestly, 30 minutes from me or whoever's teaching up here on a Sunday, that's just not going to be enough. Not when social media will yell at you for eight hours a day, seven days a week. Like 30 minutes here is just barely scratching the surface. Um, so pursue knowledge. Join a group. Join a formation group. Join a, sign up for, for a class when they come. Join a small group. Get in with other people to, to, to get more knowledge of this. If you don't know a lot about a lot and when it comes to the, like the Bible or Jesus or any of that, that's fine. That's okay. Everybody starts there. But don't stay there. Like, Jump in and learn. Write on your connection card, your try five card. Say, hey, I'd like to find out about connection group, a, form, a formation group. Or we, will, we will take that and, and work with you and try to find you a spot. Um, so pursue knowledge. Second thing is this. Obey what you know. This is what Jesus says the wise person does. You don't just learn about something. You don't just get the head knowledge. You actually act on it. Your fruitfulness depends on that. It doesn't depend on you knowing. If you know and you don't act on it, you're a hypocrite, you're self-righteous, there's a lot of things. Um, but your, your fruitfulness depends on you knowing and acting, the obedience piece. The, your fruitfulness depends on that. Your rootedness depends on that. Your ability to keep your head when everyone else is losing theirs, it depends on um, knowing things about Christ and actually doing things. There should be a whole different set of behaviors for someone who follows Jesus, not just a different set of beliefs. So we should be people who actually pray, not just say that we pray on a survey, but actually pray. We should be people who actually give our money away generously, intentionally, and sacrificially to the Lord and to, to, to support people around us. Not just people who occasionally give money away if somebody happens to ask us or they show us a really compelling video and then we give a few dollars. Like, no, we are people who are intentional about this. We should be people who actually fast, who would give up food um, to, to focus in our relationship with Christ. Um, 
we, we have to be people who practice these things, who pray for our enemies as Jesus taught us, not just hate them, who practice the hospitality, who open up our homes and adoption and foster care, who we have to be people who are doers of what Jesus says, not just hearers of it. The magic is in the doing. You know this. Every once in a while, I'll do a different sort of fitness program. So I get into something for about a year and I'll get all in it. And so I, I end up researching a lot of like, what's the best workout program I could do for this or for that? And there's a ton of them out there, right? There's, there's groups you could join here in town. There's SEAL Team. There's F45. There's, you know, the old, like, uh, beach body programs online. There's a bunch of, like, online stuff for free. There's, like, stuff you can pay for. There's groups you can join, fitness. You can do Peloton. You can kickbox. You can, like, all Pilates, like, all the things. Which one's the best? The one that's the best is the one that you'll do. That's it. What will you actually do? Because it's not in the thing itself, it's in the consistency of you doing the thing. Day after day, the changes come. And we, and we know that with something like fitness. But it's true with our faith as well. It's true with our, our character. When we, when we do it, when we obey what we know, um, that's where the growth comes. I bet you already know more than you obey. I do. You already know more from Jesus than what you're obeying. Jesus has some strong rebuke about us when we are overly angry and and the hatred in our heart. He challenges us, do not look at a woman lustfully, he says. He challenges us that our, make sure that our yes is yes and our no is no and that we're people of our word. You probably know those things already, but you're not always following them. It's, It's hard for all of us. So obedience, just start obeying the stuff that you know. And, and start there and see what God does. Be faithful in those little things and see if God doesn't give you more. And then finally this, um, trust God to do his work. I love that Jesus uses the image of a tree bearing fruit. Because if you have any sort of agricultural skill, or even if you don't and you just kind of generally understand the concept, you know that there's only so much you can do to make something bear fruit. Uh, if you're going to plant tomatoes, you're going to like water them and make sure the animals stay out of them and get them in place because they're not shade loving. You need sunshine. You're going to get them in these places and you're going to do what you can. But at the end of the day, you don't make the fruit grow. I say it all the time in this church, usually in our, in our partnership class, I'll say, hey, we don't, you don't grow flowers by pulling on them. You just get, in, get them into, the, into an environment and they grow. And so you want to pay very close attention to the environments that you're in. But the truth is, we don't make the fruit grow on the tree. God does. The Holy Spirit in us produces something in us. The, the joy, the peace, the, the patience, the gentleness. This is God's work in us. The Holy Spirit is producing that in us. It is our work to just keep showing up and learning more and being obedient. And then God will bring those, those things. You can't... Um, microwave joy. You can't make yourself gentle or kind. Our role is to keep learning and obeying and trusting God. So what's your next step? It might be to um, join, a, join a, a small group or class or a formation group or something. It might be something like that. It might be looking online and getting some, some uh, Bible study materials so you can kind of start diving in yourself each day so you can show up a little bit each day. Um, it, it, could be, it could be something like that. It might be 
talking to another person saying, hey, I know God wants this for me, but this is where I don't, I'm not obedient. Will you hold me accountable to this? Because I'm really trying to step up in this area. Maybe that's your next step. Um, but I, I hope in all of this that you have joy. That, um, because I, I'm, I'm really concerned about the lack of joy uh, in our culture and how it creeps into my own head. Um, and, and my guess is it's, it'll creep into yours too. I'm not, I, 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 my hope and prayer is that you have joy in this, that trusting God and being obedient and seeing fruit brings joy and is not drudgery and, oh, is, he's always ruining all my fun, but that there's good things that, that come out of it, that, you're, that what you do flows out of your being, that you will be who God called you to be and, and you'll start to do what he calls you to do and out of that you will have uh, great joy. Let's pray. God, I thank you for doing your work in our lives, for, um, for cultivating us, like for pruning the tree, for um, helping us to bear great fruit. I, I thank you for that, and I pray that um, we, will, we, will, we will remain in you, as, as uh, it says in the book of John, that we're supposed to abide in you and remain there. Um, I pray we will do our part of staying close to you, hearing your voice, and obeying what you would have for us. And God, we trust that you will do your part, that you will help us to become more patient, kind, loving, gentle, self-controlled. Um, these, are, these are good things, and these are the things that are needed. Um, help us to do that. Help us to be rooted in you and very fruitful in, in doing what you're calling us to do. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.